In a noisy, stressful world, quiet is the most valuable commodity. And the cabin of every Lincoln vehicle is designed with this principle in mind. Should you desire a little more melody, our available Revel Audio system will not disappoint. The very same engineering that makes for a whisper-quiet interior provides a studio-like setting in which to rock out to your music, finding harmony all around you. That's the power of sanctuary. And that's Lincoln. Revel and the Revel logo are trademarks of Harmon International Industries registered in the United States and other countries. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ghost in the Night, a Hauntings and Paranormal Podcast. I'm Phil Sams. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to check out this podcast. This is episode 69. Now, today's episode, I've never talked about kindred spirits on this podcast, but they recently did an episode or an episode aired where I actually investigated this place beforehand. And so I wanted to kind of talk about it and talk about the series and might give my thoughts on their investigative techniques and what I think of the show. So that is exactly what we're going to do in this episode. But before we get started, don't forget, you can always follow me on, on Twitter at night underscore ghost. I have teamed up with the Cincinnati Ghost Chasers. We have a group page there. You can join in the conversation there. I post everything on that that I do on my Twitter account or the actual podcast Facebook page. So become a member there. That way you can interact with me and see some of our investigations there and also get updates on the podcast. So let's go ahead and get the podcast started. Ghost in the Night with Phil Sams. Now, I've never reviewed Kindred Spirits on this podcast, but I have mentioned it in passing. And there's a reason why I've never reviewed it, because I'm not a big fan of it, but it's okay. It's not nothing to write home about. It's just, it is what it is. It's the same old, same old. They both come from the Ghost Hunters school of thought. It's just a newer version of the old Ghost Hunters. So it's nothing new. It doesn't really strike me as that interesting. I don't despise the show by any stretch. I think it's somewhat interesting at times, but it's just the same old, same old. I can get it elsewhere. You know, I prefer something a little bit more, something different when it comes to these paranormal shows. Show me something I haven't seen before is essentially what I'm looking for. Show me something I've never seen. And they don't do that. It's it's okay. It's They have a typical investigating style where, you know, they're more trying to help clients or whatever instead of actually trying to, you know, document or prove the existence of the afterlife or whatever. Yeah, well, they do do that, but it's more of a try-to-help-out-people type of show, which is fine. That That's actually a good thing. I, I admire that. But it's just, it's just okay. And I'm actually kind of shocked that it's probably still on because it is the same old, same old. Um, But apparently it has a fan base, which is cool. I'm okay with it. I'll watch it when I'm bored or have nothing better to do, but I'm not going out of my way to watch that particular show, which I don't actually go out of my way to watch any of these shows anymore unless I want to do a review or I need a good laugh most often. But it is what it is. Now, a few weeks ago, they did do an episode and they were at Randolph County Infirmary. So naturally that caught my attention because I investigated there last year. And fun fact, I might have mentioned this on 
my episode, an earlier episode, but when I did my investigation there with the Cincinnati Ghost Chasers, actually it was the day before they were starting to film. Matter of fact, I guess they all were in town in the hotels just waiting and they were coming in to start shooting the following day. So we knew they were going to be there. But when this show, I saw that this show was going to air, I said, you know what, I'm going to check that out since you know I have something in common. I was there. I've investigated there. And I had some experiences there. So I watched it. Now, Randolph County, if you've caught that episode that I did, great, thank you. But just let me kind of summarize it. It's an interesting place. You know, it has an interesting history, I must say. And they actually focused in on one of the areas where I did my solo investigation. One of the On the Hunt episodes is I played my solo session in the particular room or cell, not really cell, it's a room. It looks like a cell, but I'll say room. You know, I did a solo investigation there because that is one of the bigger stories, one of the highlights of that place. So they featured it and they did their sessions in there. Solos, well, not they don't really do solo sessions that much from what I've seen. You know, I definitely wanted to catch it. So I caught it and, you know, the room that they featured in that episode was the lady's room, I believe her name was Ida without looking at my investigation notes. Um, I think it was. Now that I meant, yeah. But they did a session there, and they heard the story. Now, she hung herself in that room. What when One thing they neglected to say, I believe, I, at least I didn't catch it if they did, is that she had syphilis, and we all know syphilis, it fucks with the mind. You know, it attacks the brain. So when you have this STD, you know, it kind of can make you go crazy. And that is one of the reasons why they did say that, you know, they put her downstairs in this room in the basement. You know, there's they locked the door. The sense that I got now wasn't there for any of this naturally, but the sense that I got was more for her own safety at night so she couldn't get out and wander outside and wander in the street and maybe get hit by a car or whatever. It seemed like it was more for her own safety and her own well-being. Now, whether that's right or wrong, I'm not here to judge. But that is one of the reasons why there was bars on the window and they did lock her in that room. But she hung herself. Now, they did get an interesting EVP, which, you know, which is more than I got. I mean, I did get some weird stuff on my recordings, but... It wasn't anything like what they got. It was just weird. You know, nothing I could really make out in that particular room when I did my solo investigation there. But, you know, that is something that is interesting. So it naturally caught my attention. So I watched it. Now, one thing I will say about their investigation style, they're not combative. They don't do provoking. They're looking to reach out, to make contact, to document. That way, hopefully they can get some answers for whomever they're working for, you know, the clients, I guess would be a good way to say it. But one thing I do have a problem with is, I'm not a problem with, I just don't prefer it. Now I'm from the school where you don't have to investigate at two, three, four o'clock in the morning. It doesn't have to be a nighttime investigation to be, or to show or to have evidence or to just be a productive investigation. You can investigate any time of the day Paranormal activity is not set by the clock. It can happen whenever. But 
for most of the purposes of these shows and stuff, they always investigate at night. Now, when they investigate, they do investigate at night more often than not. You know, they will do some stuff during, you know, evening hours, I guess, while it's still daylight, which I, I'm all for that. But when they do investigate at night, they turn, you know, it's dark, but they investigate with these lantern, kind of, I call them camping lanterns, you know, that you carry around. Now, for me, I think you have to be really, really careful when you use that type of lighting, something other than a flashlight, because those things or those type of lights can play tricks on the eyes. They can cast some weird shadows. And, you know, especially in that episode, in the hallway downstairs in the basement outside of her room, you know, they were sitting there with that lantern looking down the hallway. Now that hallway leads down into what would be to, to the kitchen, essentially, in the eating area. Now, and it's a long hallway. I mean, it wasn't illuminated from their light. Probably maybe only half the hallway was illuminated from that particular light they were using. But they saw something, what they thought. They, you know, they really didn't go too much into it because it probably, it just probably was a trick of the light or something. Or when you have more and more people, shadow shadows get cast sometimes. And that might have been what they said and that, or that might have been what it was. And that might have been why they didn't really dive into or explain that portion of the investigation or that activity for lack of a better word, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So I don't like when you use that type of lighting. If you're going to investigate at night and you make that choice, just go ahead and go pitch black. Now, I know some people are uncomfortable in pitch black darkness doing an investigation. I personally prefer it if I'm going to do a nighttime investigation because when I think you can't see when it's dark, your other senses pick up, your hearing, your smell, you know, that is important when you're doing an investigation. You really have to be in tune with your ears to hear strange things or to maybe pick up on a disembodied voice. That is very important. So if I'm investigating at night, I like it to be dark. That way, if you shut your sight down or you close your eyes, your some of your other senses really start picking up and start to those senses enhanced is what I'm trying to say. So, you know, I prefer just go dark. Just go lights out and go with it. When you start using that kind of lighting, like I said, it kind of, some funny things can happen with shadows and that light, how that light projects onto walls or down the hallway. And it can cause for some false positives or false paranormal evidence that you, it just makes it that much more difficult to investigate or to go through the so-called evidence and kind of weed through it and pick out things that are, and find things that are actually, could be classified as paranormal. It just makes your job that much more difficult now. With the show, I understand lighting and everything, but it makes it easier and that's what I personally like to do. That's a personal preference. I want to make it as easy as possible to distinguish between paranormal and normal type activity. I mean, that's hard enough as it is. That can be a job in itself to go through evidence and having to throw out things, you know, that or finding rational explanation for certain things. That just throws, it makes it that much more difficult in my opinion. So I would prefer just going completely dark and running with it or do a daytime investigation, which 
that's not an issue. You can still get good quality experiences and evidence even in the daylight hours. It's like I said earlier, they don't do activity based on the clock, especially residual type hauntings. You know, it's a time thing. Things that happen tend to happen on a schedule. That can be any time of the day. So you have to actually think about that kind of stuff. And I prefer to make it as easy as possible. So that is my only, I hate to use the word complaint about kindred spirits is just go dark or investigate during the daylight. Get, get you some night vision or IR cameras, I'm sure, which I'm sure they have. I believe I've even seen them, use them before. So I don't know why they carry around those lantern type, Coleman type lanterns while they're investigating and going through a location. So that's just, I know it's kind of nitpicky, but that's just kind of my thoughts on that. Now, I have, like I said, I have no problem with the way they investigate their analysis of potential experiences or potential evidence. I like how they do the research and they try to connect some dots, which can be difficult and sometimes can lead you down the wrong path because we truly don't know what we're dealing with at times, but it can kind of narrow it down and maybe give you a focus of a direction in which you need to take. So I do commend them for that. Now, one thing they do on the episode, and I've seen a few, like I said, I don't watch it religiously. I've seen a few episodes and this guy is always on it. And you know how I feel about psychic mediums on the television, the celebrity Psychic mediums is what I like to call them, and that is good old Mr. Chip Coffee. Let's just go ahead. I'll go ahead and talk about him now because, and I might go off the rails on this because, you know, he can really light a fire under my ass and kind of, oh, which I really, you know, I just don't, I just not a big fan of his. And I'll kind of explain why. And he really demonstrated that in this episode. So I don't put a lot of stock into the medium or psychic mediums when it comes to these paranormal shows. With that being said, Chip Coffee by far is the worst. I don't buy any of his shit. I think it's all a crock with him, even dating back to his paranormal state days. I don't know why they need, they don't need him in the show for any kind of validation to do anything essentially except for maybe play up the psychic side of it. Now, he walks into Randolph County Infirmary and immediately goes, there's been a lot of deaths here, hundreds of deaths here. You know, I'm paraphrasing a little bit. So I, I'm sitting here, I hear him say this. I'm like, what in the hell is he talking about? No shit. Of course there's been hundreds of deaths there. It's an infirmary that was active in the 1800s, early 1900s. Of course there was hundreds of deaths there. Way to go out on a freaking limb. I mean, that you couldn't state the obvious any more clearly than that. I could have did that. I could get a two-year-old to actually put two and two together and get that. So he loses credibility right there. I mean, when they said that, who's editing this show? I mean, really, that is so freaking obvious. Of course there was deaths there. You didn't need, you didn't need that. That is not a necessity. That didn't nothing to add to the show. And if you actually thought that he was actually reading the room or reading the location, you, you got some issues. Let's be honest. 
anybody with half a brain could come to that conclusion. So it moves on, and I didn't finish the episode because I can only take so much chip coffee, but he goes down into the basement to the the room where the lady committed suicide, the room where I did a solo investigation of when I investigated at this location. He went in there, and he's back by the window and looking out towards the, where the door is, and they're shooting from the door. So he immediately starts talking about something with the head, something with the neck. Maybe somebody, you know, somebody's died there. Now, let me tell you right off the bat, that is the only room that I could remember, and I'm 98% sure that is the only room with bars on the window. So naturally, something happened in that room, or that room was used for something that possibly wasn't good just for the mere fact of there's bars in that on that window and that's the only one but he you know he immediately talks about like i said the um neck the head something traumatic incident of some sort but here's the thing and if you've watched the episode you know there's a broom that is hung on the ceiling or it's laying on two pipes that is not where the housekeeper keeps the broom it doesn't take that much of an imagination to realize that was probably put there as a way to show what had happened there. And I bet my bottom dollar, I bet the mortgage that he saw the broom and he came to that conclusion. It wasn't a spirit or wasn't him using his psychic abilities. It was called him using his eyes and common sense. That is my problem with Chip Coffee. It is repeated. Every time he is on any of these shows, he states the obvious and people buy it as his psychic medium powers or mediumship or whatever. But it's it's all a crock of shit. I mean, and I'm not saying that psychic mediums don't exist. I believe people can have extrasensory perception. People can read the energy. I believe it. But I don't buy these reality shows or these paranormal reality shows versions of that because they're looking to get views and every time they have a psychic medium on and they come up with something interesting or they read the room it's going to help their bottom line and <clears throat> that's it you shouldn't even need a psychic medium if you do the investigation right with these shows it's not a necessity do the history of the place do the actual investigation you don't need this. That's just, that's just icing. They're trying to ice the cake there. And that's all it is. And it's a crock of shit. It's always, I in a personal investigation, I don't mind investigating with people with those type of abilities because they can add to the investigation when the TV cameras aren't around and when sponsorships aren't involved. You can get some valuable information from people that do have some kind of sense or some kind of ability or can see, read the energies in the room or an empath or whatever. They can add to an investigation. But when the lights come on and the TV or the cameras got the little red light on and dollars and cents is involved with networks, it can get dicey. And I just don't buy it. I just don't believe it. You know, I've yet to be impressed by any of them and and i've watched a lot of these type shows and i just don't buy it you don't need it for these shows for it to be interesting 
mean, if you're going to do it, do it in a much better way. When they say something freaking obvious that a two-year-old could figure out, edit it out. Now, I know he did pick up something with, you know, an age, possibly a name, and something about losing the leg. And if you watch the episode, you know there was a old-time peg leg. Somebody lost their leg, a wooden attachment that somebody lost their legs, put on their legs so they can walk. He probably saw it, and maybe it was just luck. Maybe he did get the letter H and the guy's name, I believe. I don't remember the exact name, but maybe, maybe he did. But odds are... It's not that far of a leap to say there was an amputee that was there and used that, you know, was walking around. That could explain some of the weird steps when they, that's hanging on the wall. You can put two and two together and get that. That's not that hard. Anybody that with any common sense can do that. Now, the age thing probably was just a lucky guess. So, I don't know. I just don't like these paranormal reality shows when they bring in these psychic mediums it's just window dressing is all it is and they're just playing to the audience and the audience except for me i guess eats it up and buys all the bullshit but it's not that it's not that good and i i would much rather see just plain old investigation i think everybody's trying to outdo everybody and play into the supernatural a little bit the paranormal is enough. The searching for answers, trying to document activity, that is enough. You don't necessarily have to do all this. And if you're going to do it as a reality show, you're going to have to do a better job than what Kindred Spirits did with Chip Coffee. Because frankly, he's just a celebrity that's, in my opinion, that is getting lucky. He has guessed some good shit. And he has used his deductive reasoning to come up with some of this stuff. Because that's all that episode was. was him just deducing and getting lucky. That's all it was. I don't care. You will not convince me otherwise. So that is going to wrap it up today. Thank you so much for checking out this episode. Okay, that was my thoughts on Kindred Spirits and Naturally Chip Coffee. I don't want you to get the wrong idea. I'm not... I don't dislike the show. It's okay. It's just the same old stuff that has been going around for years, essentially. It's the same principles. Just want to see more. I just want to see new tactics, new investigations, and guess investigative styles. You know, something different than what we've already got. But it is what it is. So thank you for checking it out. Don't forget, follow us on Twitter at night underscore ghost. If you want to support the show, no matter how little, how small, we do have a Patreon page. Head over there. We do do some extra material, some extra videos. It's Patreon backslash Ghost in the Night. That is a great way to support the show. As little as $2. Actually, $2 is pretty much it. You know, $2 a month, whatever. We also have t-shirts available from Spreadshirt. Just go to ghostofthenightpodcast.com on the homepage there. there. You'll see some shirts and stuff. Just click that. That'll send you over there and where you can purchase a podcast t-shirt and show your support that way. Anything you can do, I would greatly appreciate it. It'll go a long way to helping support this or at least offset the uh, cost of putting up this podcast. So thank you for listening and we will see you next time.
A payroll and HR company needs to be prepared for whatever is going to happen. You could say that over 70 years of experience helping businesses all over the world run smoothly is good preparation. But for ADP, that's not enough. To make sure millions of people are getting paid on time and in compliance, we're staying on top of each new piece of legislation. So when it comes down to it, ADP isn't just a payroll and HR company. We're the company that helps you navigate the complexities. ADP, HR talent, time, benefits, and payroll. Informed by data and designed for people. Progressive presents The Sounds of the Old World. The year is 2019, and someone is waiting for a table at a restaurant. Thompson, party of four. Thompson, party of four. Thompson, party... Oh, there you are. This has been The Sounds of the Old World. Brought to you by Progressive, where drivers can still switch and save like it's 2019. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.